BYUSN, there's room in the running back's room. Aiden Robbins declares for the NFL Draft. We'll discuss how that affects the next season and BYU's transfer portal priorities. 18th ranked BYU men's basketball on a bounce back effort. Tonight against Denver, we'll break down what the Cougars can do to show they have indeed bounced back after the loss to Utah. BYU assistant coach Colin Terry's in studio with us to get us ready for tonight's game. As a newcomer to the staff, we'll get his impressions on being a top 20 team. Comes to BYU, they go right to the top 20. That's a nice way to start. Plus, how former Cougar quarterback Zach Wilson can build on his best game in the NFL against the first place Dolphins this weekend. Lots to talk about. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, December 13th. I am Spencer Linton. He is fast food restaurant sauce collector, Dave McCann. You know, I don't have a lot of sauces in my life. <laughs> I'm a conservative <laughs> sauce guy, but the same sauces over and over again are good for me. Okay. Now, Puku Nakua, on the other hand, put out a tweet about fast food sauce. <laughs> and here's, here's what Puka's saying. Hey, what fast food sauce holds a place in your fridge? McDonald's sweet and sour is a must <laughs> for me. And whenever Puka says something now as uh, one of the stars in the NFL as a rookie, yes. everyone reads. And so then we started to think about it. I've got, there's some Chick-fil-A sauce in my 100%. fridge. 100%. I'm not sure how it got in there. Love it. My wife brought that in there. But I like... Um, uh, the McDonald's barbecue sauce. Okay. And I'll have a few of those in there. <laughs> That's about it for the sauces for me. All right. Yeah, I'm a fry sauce guy. Really? Yes. And it's, I, I don't know that you can just go to the store and buy fry sauce. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there, is there a place I can go? Any of you BYU fans, do you know, like, high-level fry sauce? Because I don't know that I've ever seen, like, I typical level. Utah, Idaho, Arizona, this Intermountain West area, which is, like, Apparently the only place that does fry sauce. On I've never even basis. heard the terminology high-level fry sauce. <laughs> there, are, there are a few restaurants that know how to do it right. Our good friends at, uh, and the sponsor of BYU Athletics, JCW's, does it yeah, right. do some fry sauce. But I've never seen that you could, like, purchase it. And In fact, when I'm on the East Coast, and one time I forgot I was on the East Coast traveling with BYU. I think we're in West Virginia. And I was like, hey, is it, do you have fry sauce? And the lady looked at me like, what? Like, like I was out of my mind. She's like, what is fry sauce? I was like, she's like, you mean ketchup? I'm like, no, not ketchup, fry sauce. McCann's were raised on ketchup, and so rare, very rarely do I veer off of that. That would be the <laughs> ultimate sauce. Uh, but uh, but Puka's going with sweet and sour. I love that he started McDonald's. this conversation. <laughs> this is very on brand for Puka too. These are these are the things that that very lovable personality. Look for a McDonald's sponsorship with Puka in about a couple of weeks. Absolutely, he knows what's going. Absolutely, on. they should get on that right now. With that said, all rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. We can't go back. One thing we'll never do is lay down. We'll never quit. Another run by Robbins, still on his feet, plowing forward. Touchdown. Robbins is feeling good. Nate Robbins is a very talented running back. The big gain on the ground. The A train is on to its next stop. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Indeed, BYU running back Aiden Robbins after one year. Louisville guy, then to UNLV, had over 1,000 yards for the Rebels, then shows up at BYU, has breakout performances against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and now declaring that he is 
Well, he's got enough film, and he's on to the 2024 NFL draft, at least for consideration. So, Dave, just on the surface, how does Aiden Robbins' departure for the NFL and his dream there now affect BYU's transfer portal priorities? It affects it huge, hugely. I was just checking his stats as we came in from the break. 192 yards. I want to make sure I had that right against Oklahoma. That's why he's going to the NFL. He ran for 192 yards against the 13th ranked team in the country, whose name was Oklahoma. Here's some of the highlights of it. He came to BYU to do just this, to get tape to go to the NFL because he watched Jamal Williams, he watched Tyson Williams, he watched Tyler Algier, he watched Chris Brooks, all guys who went to the NFL, and here he comes. Broken ribs to start the season frustrated him, but he finishes with this game. He just needed the one game to show the NFL against high-quality players I can do the job, and he did the job on that day, and he ran well in the first half against Oklahoma State. Then he stopped getting the football, but that's a whole other day. Um, <laughs> I think Robbins is a is – a, uh, him, him leaving is, is a tribute to BYU's football program. That sounds kind of weird, but uh, here's a guy who came in to do just that. I'm coming to BYU so I can get ready for the NFL. As he goes, now BYU's left with – L.J. Robbins, L.J. Martin, L. L. J. Martin yep. and, um, and Hinkley Rapati, because uh, Miles Davis is already gone. And so, you're, so now you're in the portal, and they were in the portal anyway, looking at running backs. Um, now, you, now you have a significant need, because if L.J. is going to be the guy, and he's capable of that, you've got to have other guys behind him, yeah. which we've seen this yeah. season. What did we see, five running backs at different times this year? <laughs> uh, so you've got to have that. So that just all of a sudden goes, okay, quarterback, offensive line, linebackers, Throw running backs right near the top of the list because you got to be able to pound the rock in the Big 12. And you got to have a guy that can do it. I was hoping he'd come back just because of what we saw at the end of the season. When healthy, he can do it. But when healthy, he can do it, so he's going to go get a job. That's, what he, that's, what he, that's why he came to BYU. Hey, listen, if he feels like the window of opportunity is now, and clearly he does, then we wish him the best of luck. Right. Like, but we're not going to sit here and pretend like this isn't a huge blow to BYU football. Big loss for 2024. It is. Yeah, 100%. A guy that we, BYU fans and staffers and even his teammates just started to understand, whoa, this is what Aiden is capable of. And it was unfortunate that he started his BYU career with those broken ribs. And nobody knew. Nobody no. knew what was happening. Like, unfortunately, probably – shouldn't have played in those early games because no it just made things worse, right? And that's, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. That's just unfortunate. But then he got going, and it was fun to watch what Robbins was capable of. But this is a big blow to BYU's offense for sure. L.J. Martin is a special player, and we've heard Aaron Roderick say it a number of times, and we've seen it. We've seen that, almost that Tyler Algier capability of, Stop, 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 start. Like that twitchiness and like that explode. Like you hit the gap hard and you go. He had a lot of those, you know, a handful, I should say, of those big, long runs. So LJ Martin is more than capable. You need depth, though, Dave. Yeah. You have to have Dave because Miles Davis is in the transfer portal. Deion Smith has no more eligibility. What's Hinkley Ropati going to be when he comes back from a devastating knee injury? We hope that Hinkley's going to be back to what we saw at the end of the 2022 season. So, you got L.J. Martin, you got Hinkley Rapati, and then what? Right? And so there is a need, to your point, a huge need to now hit the transfer portal. Maybe coax Miles Davis back. Maybe okay. that's, that's enough to bring him back. I would love to have Miles back at BYU, especially if BYU's kind of striking out. 
with trying to get some of these other high-level players. And Miles knows the system. Like, can, can, can we just stop for a second and, and understand that guys that have been in the program for a while, there, there is an advantage. When sure. you know the system, there's great value there. And so I, I would love for Miles Davis to come back and, and fill one of those spots. But even if he does, there, you still need another guy. There's a giant vacancy light, though. And, that va and, 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 and running backs will come here. Uh, just because what we talked about a moment ago. The portal everyone wants to be in is the one that goes to the NFL. And if you put four guys in the NFL, you want to be the next one. And if you have a need and you're in the Big 12 and you're going to play teams uh, that, that you can get a good measuring stick with, then you're going to come. So I think the world of opportunities here. The great thing about Aiden Robbins, and we've had a chance to interview him a bunch, uh, outstanding young man, but he was really smart about how he did it. He went to Louisville and he wasn't playing like he wanted, so he goes, all right, I'm getting my degree. He gets his business degree in less than three years at Louisville, which gives him an all-access pass to college football. He can go, you know what, now I can go anywhere. It's like a visa with no, with no border checks. Uh, he goes to UNLV, runs for 1,000 yards. He goes, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go to BYU. That's going to get me ready for the NFL. I have my degree. Here I come. No red tape. He comes in here. Um, boy, if you really want to empower yourself as a student athlete, get your degree as fast as you can, and then you can literally pick what you want to do for your future, getting you ready for the NFL. Yes. Oh, I love that take, and I love that Aiden took that route. He's a very, very sharp guy. Very sharp, so not surprising that he did that. Now, if we're ranking these priorities, and I know that it's semantics in a lot of ways, but for me, the number one area of concern is still, even with Aiden leaving, like, I'm concerned about the running back situation because you need depth, for sure. Like, clearly, you can tell I'm concerned. You're concerned. I can see concern yes. all over your face. We're all <laughs> concerned. <laughs> but it's number one is still for me BYU's offensive line because of how much they lose up front yeah. in returning starts. We're expecting that Kingsley Suamataia is going to declare for the draft. Braden Kime, done. Paul Miley, out of eligibility. There's three starters right there. And then you throw in your center, who is the steady Eddie, the guy who was probably underappreciated to the utmost this year at center in Connor Pay. He can come back right. if he wants to for one more, but maybe he is thinking, all right, well, I'm getting older, return missionary. I probably want to head to the NFL. I wouldn't be Take surprised to see Connor do that. Uh, and we'll see what happens when the new offensive line coach gets announced. And there are reports circulating out there about who it's going to be. We can't really mention the specifics there, but Maybe he can coax Connor back. If he doesn't, however, we're talking about replacing four regular starters. A ton of guys with a ton of experience up front. That, to me, is still number one, followed by someone to compete with Jake Ratzloff at quarterback yeah. and then the running back situation. Where do you stand on that? I think quarterback's number one because it's BYU, and the fans just expect the quarterback to be brilliant no matter – what the line does, kind of like the New York Jets. They're just like, no, we're going to put it all on Zach, even though we're not going to give him an offensive line. <laughs> so offensive line is very important. So I, I agree with you there, but it's BYU, and you've got to have a dynamic quarterback. And um, maybe it's Jake Retzlaff. If it is, he's going to have a big spring and summer to get ready for yeah. Southern Illinois. Can he August. take the big next step because he has been in the program? Again, that, I, val maybe. I value guys that have been in the program for a while, and Jake has that advantage. Maybe. Uh, but you'll certainly have the upper hand on whoever comes in for that very reason. Um, but if you bring in some an, an underclassman who can compete with him, push him, they're both going to play. It's just the nature of college football. Yes. Almost everyone. It's almost like a coach to say, guys, 
Everyone's going to play. 100% at, at quarterback. Point. You're going to play two quarterbacks if you're a Division I college football team. It's going to happen. But what you can't do, I don't think, is you can't risk. It's too expensive now. You can't risk going into a season hoping it's going to work out. Mm. you got to – you got to have a, 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 a – it is going to work. This is our guy. He is going to take us uh, into a bowl game next season as opposed to, well, we think. And, and that's, that's tough. Keaton Slovis came in with all the experience, and this is what he does. And he had BYU at 5-2 and two, uh, and before he got hurt. And, and then Jake comes in, all the talent in the world, just hadn't done it before. Went 0-4 against four good defenses. And how close is he had to chances that to at win those games? Or sorry, against Oklahoma or at Oklahoma State. Right, right. Ugh. But didn't. And so BYU's not in a bowl game, and 300 other teams are, so it feels, uh, this, this Christmas time. And, and, and then you go into year two, and you go, if you're not sure about that position, you've got to find someone that makes you feel sure about it. And then you build around him. And then you start with the offensive line because you gotta, you got to keep them alive. <laughs> you got to protect them. Look at them. the New York Jets. Do what's opposite. Yes. Do the opposite. you got to run the ball and you got to protect your quarterback, which is why offensive line is number one for me. Quarterback's still number two. And then, yeah, the running backs and linebackers are, are right there at number three one for One thing me. I've seen about from Kalani this last week on Twitter, he's everywhere. He's been everywhere. He's in, he's in homes with guys he needs to come play here. And you're just like, you I know what? I haven't seen him be this aggressive since he's been the head coach of BYU, at least not in this sh- – condensed time like he's been very aggressive traveling. and you hate not going to a bowl game unless you have a lot of things to fix and you need a little more time to fix it and that's where BYU is so yeah I love seeing him everywhere because he knows what he's got to fix yes we're all hoping BYU football can take a page out of BYU basketball's book and go through some struggles but if you keep the core guys that you can keep and you prevent like major losses in the transfer portal maybe they can build on something like BYU basketball like BYU basketball 18th ranked team in the country number three in the net which is impressive back in action tonight against Denver over at the Marriott Center Uh, we'll have the call on ESPN plus you me and Blaine Uh, the question here on topic two this morning um, what can BYU do tonight against Denver to show that they have bounced back from the uh, four-point loss up in Salt Lake City to the rival Utes. Well, what I, will you be looking for? I can give you four or five metrics right off the top of my head okay. that, that automatically we can look at and say, okay, BYU is back to their usual selves. One, can BYU score? And I know that they're playing on the road. I, I did not expect BYU to score 90-plus against Utah. But I did expect them to hit at least 70 points. And sure. they did, maybe 75. They didn't get there. They just did not shoot the ball well. BYU shooting 39% from the three point line in their first eight games. That dipped to 23% against Utah. And I'm crediting Utah because they're a good, lengthy, tough, physical, defensive team. And they figured out some pieces on offense as well. So I, I expected a dip in all these categories, but just not as drastic. BYU, their opponent three-point field goal percentage has just been ridiculous. Like, it's not sustainable, according to Ken Palmer, right? And, and they shut Utah down in large part in the second half. Net yep. percentage dipped for the use to 31%. But the assists to turnovers are, are maybe the biggest thing I'm looking for tonight. BYU shares the ball extremely well, Dave. And there was a lot of scenarios based on how Utah chose to defend BYU where Spencer Johnson's isolated in the post and – trying to get his shot and there's a lot of dribbling a lot of the ball was a little sticky yeah and Utah created that scenario for BYU but I look for BYU to share the ball 22.4 assists on average in a game compared to just 13 against Utah 
And man, the free throw shooting too. Yeah. So I mean, take your pick. Any any of those metrics on your screen. If you want to see BYU getting back to normal, bouncing back, like if they can push up toward those first eight game percentages, we'll know they're back on track. I circle free throws. Uh, BYU is going to play some long teams in the Big 12. They're just going to have hands in the faces of those three-point shooters, and those become different shots than the wide-open ones yes. we've seen uh, through the first eight wins. But the free-throw line, those are, those are, you know, there's no defense. You're at the free-throw line shooting a free shot. You've got to hit those. And maybe the gravity of the rivalry game in a road environment certainly had an impact on that. Yeah, and being on the road for the first time all year. Yes. I mean, the Vegas games were neutral, and BYU had more fans anyway than North Carolina State and USC. Yeah, pseudo home game. So, uh, and, and, and granted, and credit BYU, I think they had the third of the Huntsman Center <laughs> uh, up there on Saturday, which, was, which sounded great on TV and on the radio. But um, those free throws, the, no one's defending those. And, and BYU had been pretty good. Mm. Um, and, but in that second half, when the other, other shots weren't going, um, they could have won the game. Shoot a couple more free throws. Hit a couple more free throws. They shot enough. Hit a couple more, and despite all those numbers you just went yes. over, yeah. you could be 9-0 instead of 8-1. So tonight at the free throw line, I'll look for some enhanced focus. Because on the road in the Big 12, free throws can win games, and they cost you games. Oh, man. It, there's so much truth in that. And what's crazy is looking at these numbers, BYU only scores 69 points. They shoot 23% from the three-point line. They only have the 13 assists to eight turnovers and then all the free throw woes. They're still one shot away from sending it into overtime or potentially yeah. winning the game. To their credit, to the staff's credit for adjusting to a zone defense in the second half because the Utes were just too tall and without Foos. They were winning that battle. And BYU doesn't have Foose or Dawson Baker. What's like the, the freak out is understandable by the fans after because it's emotionally charged. It's the rivalry. Yeah. Like, oh, the first loss, not to Utah. I understand. The freak out on social media is always hilarious to me <laughs> because BYU is still playing without two of their best players. And it was on the road for the first time. And they're still one shot away from winning that game. Look, they only dropped four spots in the AP Top 25, uh, which I thought was impressive. They only dropped two spots in the net. They have, they have uh, national um, people appreciate what yes. they're seeing. Yeah. Uh, the national pundits aren't like BYU fans at the edge of their seat waiting for the sky to fall. Um, they just appreciate it as, hey, you know what? That's a good team. They're scoring. They're playing defense. They're winning games. They're tough at home. They're in the toughest league in America. Uh, they're a top 20 team. Okay, so tonight they get to relax, come out. Do their thing. And, and do their thing in front of their fans. And I, I look for a bounce back yes. game with a lot of smiles. Yep. Uh, they're going to have to play hard because every team can beat anybody on a given night if they're hitting their threes. Um, but I think it'll be a, okay, all right. We're back. To, we're back. Yeah. And BYU's going to be 12-1, and one, Dave. I can say that. I'm not, at the, I'm not, I'm not over, like, you know what? I can overlook Denver. I can do that. Not saying BYU should, right? But I believe BYU is going to be 12 and one, and they're going to be in the top 15. Metrics are going to be great. They're going to have that runway, but at least they'll have an experience of learning how to play in a tough road environment in their minds, so they know what they're going to face a lot in the Big 12. I wrote about this in the in the Deseret News. You 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 get to 12 and one, okay? You win your home games. Let's say even if you lose two, Houston, Texas, whatever, but you win your home games, you're 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 you have an awesome seat in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. It's not a pipe dream anymore. And then you go on the road, and you know what? You can get lucky on the road. You can hit threes on the road. You can win some road games. But just, just looking at the home games where yep. you're so much yeah. better, 
You win those games, and Mark Pope's going to take this team into the NCAA tournament yes. in their first year in the Big 12. We'll have a parade around here. 100%. Win win seven or eight conference games, you'll be a single digit seed in the NCAA tournament. All right, our question of the day is this. Back to BYU football. Missing a bowl game, and now they're missing a star running back as well. Aiden Robbins leaving for the NFL early because he's got eligibility left. So how does it affect BYU's transfer portal priorities? Drew Nelson on Facebook answers, a great opportunity for a rising star running back to come to BYU. You will be a starter and be able to show your NFL talent. Now, I think L.J. Martin's the incumbent now, right? He's, he's the starter, so. But, hey. He's in-house. You, you need another starter-type talent. Yeah. BYU, he continues, Drew does, is your best chance to prove yourself. Follow the likes of all the guys you talked about yeah. that have made their way to the NFL, Jamal Williams and Tyson. That are all still in the NFL. Tyler Algier, Chris Brooks. <laughs> it's been pretty amazing. They continue to weigh in using the hashtag BYUSN on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Speaking of basketball, tonight at the Marriott Center, 9 o'clock Eastern, the Denver Pioneers are in town. Jim Fredette joins Supreme Postgame Shows as an analyst. Spencer, Blaine, and I have the call on ESPN+. We're looking forward to it all later tonight. Up next, BYU men's basketball assistant coach Colin Terry joins us to preview what the Pioneers are going to bring to the Marriott Center and how the next four games can get BYU ready for Big 12 play. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Ball for three. In it goes. To the paint and reverse lay-in off the window for Dallin Hall. Here's a tiki for two. Robinson falling away. Johnson, a little hesitation <laughs> and lays it up. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the esteemed Dave McCann. And joining us now to preview BYU men's basketball on a game day is the new assistant coach, Colin Terry. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, officially in Studio B for the first time. Yeah, this place is incredible. Like, I, did, I, I didn't know where this was. I've seen it on TV before. But it's a, it's a really great studio situation that we have here at BYU. We, we know you walked over from your office. <laughs> but how did you get here to BYU? What, what road led to this moment where the three of us are together for you? Well, well how much time do you have? Because <laughs> I... I, I uh, my, my journey has been very, very unique. Yeah. I think everybody has, you know, coaching basketball is, uh, is a dream job, I think, for a lot of people. And so we have all these different paths. But I think the long and the short of it is, is that I used to be a financial advisor. Um, I, I, I did my master's in that and focused on going that path. But I always really wanted to coach. Um, I was lucky enough to be a, a redshirt walk-on at the University of Utah on the Final Four team for Coach Majerus. So had that experience and then went on my mission and then, um, you know, became a financial advisor. But I always wanted to get into coaching. And uh, one of my teammates at the University of Utah who had guard every day in practice was Andre Miller. Wow. And it's quick, quick, funny story, but was living in Phoenix. I got invited to go to a Suns game. I had no idea who they were playing. They ended up being playing the Denver Nuggets. Andre reconnected with him, 
he invited me to Denver and George Carl was the head coach. And uh, I got, I was the only non-Nuggets person there at practice. Came up to me, he was probably like, who the heck is this guy and why is he at my <laughs> practice right now? And after talking to him for five minutes, he goes, hey, do you want to come to this coaches only meeting? Uh, and I was like, heck yeah, I'd love to. So I ended up kind of being a fly on a wall and hanging out the last two months of the season and the playoffs and had all access. And that was kind of my foot into the door that led to kind of where I'm at right now. Isn't so, it interesting that wow. a financial advisor <laughs> has prepared you to be a basketball coach in the world of NIL? There you go. There you go. I, I didn't even it. think about that until yeah. now. Yeah, so. I can hear it now. Set the screen and don't forget to do your taxes. <laughs> there you go. Colin Terry is with us. Um, BYU Sports Nation. Okay, I want to dive in a little bit more into the ties there because Cody Feger obviously is a Majerus guy. He was around Rick Majerus basketball camps, and, and that has certainly inspired him in wanting to coach basketball as well. And then you mentioned George Carl, who has ties with Mark Pope as well. So mm -hmm. what's that like for you to have those similar connections in your own life to guys that are on the staff right now? Yeah, I mean, it's uh... – it, it, I just feel really lucky and blessed, you know, for, for the opportunity. I mean, the staff that we have here uh, from, you know, Coach Pope and then Coach Feger, Coach uh, Fennell, Coach Robinson. I mean, they're all very highly experienced, really great coaches in every aspect of the game. And just to have that connection and tie has is, is just really been kind of special for me, um, joining the, the group as well. And so... Um, but yeah, I mean, Coach Majerus, um, I know he's part of the school up north or whatever and, and their history, but he had a major impact on me. Um, I would go to his camps as well. And then I was only there for that one year, but it happened to be a really great year. And, you know, Coach Majerus and Coach Carl were very, very close. Yeah. And I think that's what helped me in that, that situation as well. And then Coach Pope coming you know, playing for Coach Carl, it's it's just a really unique and and cool connection all around. So you come to BYU and the program goes to the top twenty. Congratulations! <laughs> hey, uh, that 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 has very little it's to do with out me. Nice. You know, like I just I'm just grateful to be here and just trying to fit in. So what, what surprised you the most in your first year here? Well, I think just going on the Italy Croatia trip, I was two or three days in and just being uh, just kind of in the coaching world, uh, different places and things like that. One of the biggest things that I noticed pretty quickly was how special the chemistry was, you know, with Coach Pope had set with the staff and then also filtering down to the players, I thought was really, really impressive. Like I was like, wow, this is this is really cool. You know, this is a really good situation. And then when we were over there playing, um, just making plays for the teammate and things like that was just really impressive. And so I was so new. I was trying to figure every, you know, our players out and all that other stuff. But I just remember thinking, like, wow, like this is, this is a really special combination here that's really hard to find and really hard to cultivate. And so I was like, wow, I, th I think we can do some, some great things here that maybe people didn't expect. Mm. Yeah. A couple of things there. One, I don't know that there is a better way to start a job in any profession <laughs> than, hey, welcome. 
Uh, you want to go on a European tour? <laughs> yeah. You got <laughs> 10 days? That's unbelievable. Um, joking aside, number two, you, you and I have talked about the chemistry before a game on the sidelines as guys are warming up. And, and so this is not, I, I'm not hearing this for the first time from you. But now that chemistry in the locker room is, is being tested for the first time in the face of some adversity. And that adversity is in the first loss. So what does a good locker room and that type of chemistry, how do they benefit um, even when you're facing uh, a, a tough loss like that and you're trying to get better? I think with a great locker room and just a great team environment, adversity strengthens you instead of separating you. And I, I think for us, this has been something that, will strengthen us, will prepare us, not only for our game tonight, but also moving forward. And I think one of the great things about our game against Utah was, is that that's a very, I think that's a very big 12 environment and team. I mean, they were the largest, tallest, right. you know, biggest college basketball team and, and the environment was incredible. And so um, I think that's gonna, you know, obviously, you know, you never want to lose a game and, and it's, it's, it stings, especially when it comes from your, your arch rival. But I, I think in hindsight, that's going to really prepare us and really strengthen us in ways that maybe would not have come about if it, if it didn't happen. One thing we don't see all the time is the best player offensively coming off the bench because everyone wants to be in the starting five. They want to have their picture on the curtain and, and all the pomp and circumstance before the game. But Jackson Robinson's just delivered, and Richie Saunders is right behind him. Uh, the bench is scoring 40 points a game. That's second best in the entire country. But what about Robinson? He's starting to get a little buzz now, some traction. And you spend time in the G League and, and, and guys who want to uh, play uh, for a job. Uh, how is, uh, how's Jackson trending? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think his skill set fits perfectly at the next level. I mean, the most important thing, especially whether it's the NBA or the G League, is your ability to shoot the ball from three-point range. Yeah. <laughs> Check. Right. That's today's yeah. game. <laughs> and his ability to shoot the ball from three-point range so far this season has just been yeah. off the charts. And so, um, yeah, I think his I, – not only just his three-point shooting, I think his defensive – you know, capability and potential really translates in a lot of ways. His ability to pass, make plays. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've had a, a few NBA friends reach out and, 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 and all that stuff. And, and so I think he's, he's somebody that fits really well at the next level. His ability to come off the bench and be willing to come off the bench speaks a lot about him. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, and that's a huge credit to him and, and him, you know, really embracing that opportunity and, and, and things of that nature. But I also think it helps him for the next level yeah. because a lot of guys in the G League feel like they ha in order to get to the NBA, they've got to score a lot of points. And it's really like how can you impact the game um, when you're on the floor because – for instance, with us in Charlotte, like, you know, I remember the head coach of the Hornets, Steve Clifford, saying, hey, I'm, I'm not going to take reps away from LaMelo Ball or Gordon Hayward or Terry Rozier. So when you're in the game, like, how are you going to be able to impact it, right? Yeah. And, and unless you're, you know, a lottery pick or something like that in a lot of situations, right, like even those guys, they're probably not going to start from day one. So his ability to come into a game at any point, be ready to play, 
be able to make shots, make plays for his teammates, it's going to serve him incredibly well at the, you know, at the next level because mm. that's essentially – he's going to have to do the same thing. Yeah, interesting. BYU men's basketball assistant coach Colin Terry is on BYU Sports Nation. Now we turn our attention to the Denver Pioneers, and this is the bounce-back opportunity. So what's the brief scouting report on the Pioneers as you prep for what you hope is win number nine on the season? Yeah, they're a good team. I mean, they've uh, they've been a very high-scoring team. They have a very dynamic, uh, high-scoring point guard, especially as well, uh, Bruner, number zero, who's able to get his shot off in multiple situations. Um, he can create space off the dribble. He's good at angles. You know, if you go underneath a screen, he's going to look to shoot it from three. Um, and, you know, played really well against Colorado State, who's also ranked in the, in the top 25 team as well. So they've got a, a, a few really good pieces. They have another four-man, uh, number 25. Uh, I, I can't pronounce his last name probably very well, uh, but he's a good player as well. So, yeah, they've got some, some good pieces. They play well together. They're very well coached. Um, they run a bunch of different types of offensive sets and actions, which makes it a little bit more challenging to scout. Uh, so it, it'll be a great test for us tonight and, and, a, and a great game for us to, to come back and, and really compete in. Coach, congratulations on the fast start, the number 18 national ranking and the great metrics. I know that you know, those are all just kind of secondary to going out and winning games, but it's certainly fun for the fans uh, yeah, to, to get into for <laughs> sure. And as we close out, I just have to know, because of your backdrop in Utah, who placed the call to you to bring you to BYU? Who was the person to reach out to you? I, I actually reached oh, out. Oh, you reached <laughs> out? Yeah, so I was actually riding my bike on the bike paths up in Park City because I really enjoy doing that in the summer. And uh, I coached with the past two years with Danielle Marshall, uh -huh. who was uh, a high pick in the draft, had a really good NBA career. Jazz man. Played for the Jazz. Uh, he, he actually told me it was his favorite place to play in the NBA. Really? And he played for, I don't know, seven, eight different teams. And, and we, he and I are very close. We, we became very close and, and we stay in contact. And I was riding my bike and I got a random text from Danielle. And he told me that there was a BYU coaching job open. So I actually hopped off my bike and immediately called Coach Pope and said, hey, Coach, like, man, like, I am super interested in the opportunity, and I'd love to talk to you about it. And I think we probably talked for 10 minutes, had a good conversation, and, you know, kind of kept in touch. And, and thankfully, it grew from there. And Super excited and grateful to be here. That was a good call to make. Yeah. Nice <laughs> that was good. Outstanding. Colin, great to have you on BYU Sports Nation. Give you some karma for tonight's game against Denver, and uh, look forward to seeing you in the Marriott Center. No, thanks for having me, guys, and what a great show this is. So just happy to be here. Uh, we appreciate the time, man. If the Cougs can win tonight, they'll get to 9-1. and one. That'll be their best start since Jimmer Mania was here, and Jimmer is here tonight yes, he is. on the pregame show and on the postgame show here on BYU TV. And we are looking forward to it. Uh, we'll talk BYU hoops with Jimmer and uh, get ready for the Olympics and the three-on-three. -three. He'll be on Sports Nation tomorrow. It's 24 hours of Jimmer with the <laughs> BYU Cougars and BYU TV. I, I love that we're calling it Jimmer Week. It's awesome. <laughs> hey, I know Jimmer's interested in what Zach Wilson did, a career-type performance as far as one game goes, the awards continue to pile in. 
Do we expect more of the same? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the entire day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer Linton. He is Dave McCann. Now for your Wednesday headlines. We got a lot of headlines. Indeed. Number 18, BYU men's basketball in action tonight against Denver, 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Spencer Blaine and I will be on the television call. Pre-game coverage starts at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU running back Aiden Robbins has officially declared for the 2024 NFL Draft and will forego his final year of eligibility. After transferring to BYU from you, excuse me, a year ago, from UNLV a year ago, Robbins rushed for 485 yards, one touchdown in eight games, had a breakout against Oklahoma, 182 yards against the Sooners. Was limited due to injury, but now he's got things rolling, and we wish him the best as he pursues that dream. Absolutely. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson's living the dream this week. He's been living the nightmare, and now he's living the dream. He's the <laughs> AFC Offensive Player of the Week. 301 yards passing, couple of touchdowns. Beat the Texans 30-6 to uh, in his first game back as a starter. Got the Dolphins this weekend. Yeah, interested to see what he does against a really, really motivated Miami team. The Action Network's Brett McMurphy, friend of the program, reporting yesterday that the Big 12 will move the football media days to Las Vegas for 2024 and 2025 due to scheduling conflicts at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Brett Yormark loves this. He's an entertainment guy to the core, so I'm sure that he's not too upset about not being in Dallas, now being in Las Vegas. And I know where the restaurants are down there, better than the <laughs> Dallas-Fort Worth area, so we're going to be fine. BYU setter Whitney Bauer and outside hitter Aaron Livingston, uh, both named the AVCA Honorable Mention All-Americans this morning. Third time in Bauer's career she's been named an AVCA Honorable Mention All-American. Second straight season with Honorable Mention status for Livingston. We congratulate both outstanding players. The Utah Royals of the National Women's Soccer League have continued their overwhelming pursuit of former BYU women's soccer stars by now most recently acquiring Cameron Tucker from the Houston Dash. So now Tucker joins her former teammate Michaela Clough. They both played together in the national championship two years ago. Michelle Vasconcelos is also back in Salt Lake City with the Utah Royals. So they've got three. Now I'm just waiting to hear when they're going to fork out a lot of money and try and get Ashley Hatch back to the Utah Royals. More Cougars the better. Absolutely. The late great Carl McGowan set to receive the Harold T. Fryer Mood Lifetime Achievement Award. It's considered the highest honor for USA Volleyball. Oh, very cool. Love Coach McGowan. Love the McGowan family. Those are today's headlines. Now some opinions in a loaded Cougar Whip round. Presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. As we mentioned in the headlines, Big 12 Football Media Days will be in Vegas the next two seasons. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, and would you like to see the football championships and basketball tournaments eventually come to Vegas? No. Uh, I do not want, especially the basketball tournament, to leave Kansas City. Because everything I've heard, and I can't wait to attend Big 12 basketball championship week in Kansas City. It's the barbecue, City. isn't it? Like, it is. <laughs> well, there's that. But 
It, it is like the greatest show in town. It's in the state where basketball was invented by the great James Naismith. Do not take basketball away from Kansas City. Amazing tournament. The football championship game also in Cowboy Stadium, I like. It's in the, it's in the heart of the country. Like, I like Allegiant and I know that Vegas is a destination spot. No, been there, done that several times. Keep football in Dallas. Now, media days, fine. You wanna do that in Vegas? Great, a little summer getaway, super fun, okay? But leave the football and basketball championship games in Dallas and in Kansas City, respectively. There's way too much tradition and those, those communities embrace them. Brett Yormark is a showman. Vegas is a show. I know. I and know. I do see a day where BYU is in Allegiant Stadium playing for the Big 12 Championship and 10,000 BYU fans are here, 10,000 over here, 10,000 over here. And they all live there or can drive there. I, I, I see that day because Vegas is Vegas. The Super Bowl is going there this year. But I do like Dallas for the Big 12. And it's the middle of middle of America. The Big 12 needs to have a presence there. For sure. Jerry's world, man. The yeah. star. I, there's just a lot of tradition there. After being named the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, how can Zach Wilson possibly build off his performance from last week against Miami? Yeah, Miami's all mad now because the Titans beat them and yep. embarrassed them the way that they played. That was a bad loss. So they're going to get the Dolphins A game. Jets have a defense and give the Dolphins trouble, no matter which mood the Dolphins are in. Zach's got to play loose and free, and I have no idea what he's going to do against <laughs> Miami. I was pleasantly surprised. I got home from church and I saw what he was doing. I'm like, sweet, good for him. Uh, but if he can find a way to beat the Dolphins, then he can turn around to New York and go, See? Yeah, yeah. Even though, you know, it's been a crazy season. Well, it's, he's, I mean, he's outperformed, at least from the quarterback acquisition, and beaten in some instances Josh Allen and C.J. Just Stroud. Just go check it around, and, see what happens. Yeah, played Patrick Mahomes in that Sunday night I game. Know. So there, there's capability there. Will they be aggressive with the The Jets deserve him going 4-0 down this season. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. All right, Dave, what do you think about the Vikings, who are going to start Nick Mullins, a quarterback, this week? against the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you expect Jaron Hall to see the field again this season? He looked sharp in his you know, drive Brief and a half thing. before the concussion. I hope so, but they're still in the race. And so I don't know if they're ready to do that. Clearly they're not, because I'd play him over Mullins. Uh, Mullins. But um, I hope so, but it might take an injury to Mullins to get him out. Let's go. I want to see Jaron back on the field. Group of five ESPN NFL analysts were polled about the best rookies in the NFL season, in the NFL this season. Hook is at number four. Does that sound right? I think it's a little bit too low. I know C.J. Stroud, because he's a quarterback and the Texans are in playoff contention, even though Zach Wilson just outperformed C.J. That's true. Okay? C.J. Stroud has been really, really good for the Texans. So I feel like he's a deserving number one. Jalen Carter's an awesome defensive tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'd put him at number two, but I, there, I put Pook at number three instead of Devin Weatherspoon, the cornerback for the Seahawks. All these guys are incredible. Yeah. They're all unbelievable. But I'd slide, probably slide Pook up one spot to number three. I think he's been a top three rookie this season. I need him to be a top one rookie this weekend on my fantasy team. <laughs> Let's go, Puka. I love the yards. Let's get in the end zone. If he breaks, if he breaks the NFL rookie record for receptions and yards, like how do you not make him the rookie of the year? Right. I would. That, that's the challenge for him. 
Okay, so Jimmer is joining the pre and post game shows oh, yeah. today, yep. right here in the studio. Let's go, Jimmer! Uh, question, if he were to leave this building, walk across the street to the Marriott Center, go down yes. there and check himself into uh -huh. the game uh -huh. against the Denver Pioneers, how many points does he get? 30. Jimmer Fredette would- Just could, 30, yeah, right off. Uh, straight up. Oh, yeah, are you not, kidding me? You know, there's more guys, it's not three on three, and you're playing the whole court, and he's 34. I know, I know Mark Pope and how much he loves Jimmer and how much he would play Jimmer if that were the case. Like if he had this random one game of eligibility, Jimmer would score 30 points. Like, and he wouldn't blink doing it. He'd probably make 12 free throws, probably hit four threes, and then get some of those patented Jimmer layups and It would be the number one runners. story on ESPN and on CBS News because it'd be violating so many rules. <laughs> no, he'd score 30 Who straight up. Who knows what would happen, but we would have a great night. Yes. We'll see Jimmer tonight. BYU basketball with Mark Pope, by the way, is tomorrow night, Thursday. That's the new night for the show. Richie Saunders is going to join him 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app and Big 12 now on ESPN+. Up next, how does Aiden Robbins' departure to the NFL affect BYU's transfer portal priorities? We'll hear from you next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station, live from Studio B, our question of the day. How does Aiden Robbins' departure as a BYU running back in pursuit of his NFL dream affect BYU's transfer portal priorities now? At BYU Anime on X. Is that not Jamal Williams? <laughs> it should be. That should be his burner account. <laughs> They say BYU definitely needs a running back or two capable of winning the job at BYU, even with LJ or Hinkley. You need depth. You're going to more than likely play four running backs every season. So I like that BYU has LJ and Hinkley. Bring back Miles Davis and go find somebody in the portal as well. And there are guys in the portal. There are more people in the portal than have ever been in the portal. And remember, there's a second portal window, too. You go through spring practice and then get the other wave in April, people going, you know what? I don't want to be second string. I yeah, want to go. Yeah. And then you got all summer to make that transition. Um, so this isn't just the only portal window where BYU's shopping. Gerald on Instagram, well, uh, first things first, congrats and good luck to Aiden. But now BYU definitely needs to add another running back. LJ is a beast. Yes. But as we've seen with a full season of Big 12, having depth is huge. I would hate to be playing, most likely Utah, at the end of the year with a fifth-string, low-experience <laughs> running back. Always the visionary, Gerald, and we appreciate your foresight. Uh, they need depth, and every team does. I mean, yes. most teams in going into bowl games are decimated by injuries or opt-outs. You know, and we haven't even had a bowl game yet. First ones are on Saturday. But, man, injuries have killed everybody. Yes. Got to have depth. All right, Joseph Masanai. Uh, Masaniai, I should say, on Facebook says, Number seven, y'all forgetting about him. Hinkley Rapatia will be back in full swing. It's his time to shine, baby. I have not forgotten about Hinkley yeah. Rapatia. The point is, BYU needs four running backs. Yeah, and you need swing, four. Full swing is the optimum word there. He's coming off a major knee injury. Yes. And no one really knows what the swing's going to look like. You need two more. LJ and Hinkley are a great base to build from, but I, can you please bring back Miles Davis and find somebody else and then go out and whatever you bring up from the high school ranks and your recruiting class, great. But BYU, they need, they need to get a running back in the portal. Yeah. They need somebody now. Like that, that has to happen. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. 
from Jordan Royal, also on X, who says, need someone from the transfer portal for depth for sure, but it won't matter if the offensive line can't rebuild slash reload. Amen, Jordan. You're with me. Number one priority for me, offensive line. So I still think the defensive line and offensive line should be the top priority. Well, think about it. you got the offensive line. Okay, need some guys. Quarterback, shopping for that. Running back, shopping for that. Tight end, young guys, shopping for that. Uh, hey, the receivers are coming back. <laughs> so, the B- the BYU that. receivers are back. Lassiter's coming back. Marion's coming back. Epps will be back. Roberts will be back. Kingston. Thank goodness we got those five. Everyone else is like, hey. There's a lot of movement. And the, sa- the safety should be healthy, fingers crossed. Yeah, like, and we got some safeties. You know, Talon Alfrey and Ethan Slade. Like, those guys, those guys are back. Southern Illinois can't get here soon enough. <laughs> August 31st. Hey, BYU women's basketball, they're back in action on Saturday against Idaho State. Cougars off to a nice start, 8-2, looking to win their third straight. 4 o'clock Eastern with Spencer and Blaine on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and over on BYU Radio with Jason Shepard. They got to keep that perfect home record going. Up next, we'll put a bow on today's show with a well-earned rise and shout-out. Who got it? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's a BYU Sports Nation Jimmer Week. Jimmer Day. Jimmer going to join BYU Sports Nation Countdown and the postgame show wrap-up. That's all tonight on BYU TV. He'll be here on BYU Sports Nation tomorrow talking about hoops and his preparations to introduce Jimmer Mania to the world in the 2024 Paris Olympics. Chasing that gold medal today's rise and shout-out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. It needs to go to Zach Wilson. Has to. AFC Offensive Player of the Week. First game back from being benched, throws for 302 touchdowns, no picks, and destroys the Texans. Yeah, now go get the Dolphins. Let's go. Our thanks to today's guest, BYU men's basketball assistant coach Colin Terry. Conversation continues 24-7 on social media. All our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. For Dave, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Mike Nascimento. We'll see you tonight for BYU basketball pregame at 8 Eastern, followed by the game between BYU and Denver at the Marriott Center on ESPN+. Plus. Go Cougs!